Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. There are a lot of times I come in on a Wednesday and I completely forget to war cry. But today I just need something to cleanse my soul. I just need to get organized because everything's crazy today on Wesson Walker. I had to go to Spectrum Center. I got a couple of interviews. We're going to bring you Nick Smith Jr. Because I was getting Nick Smith Jr. on the mic, West did the same thing with the L.A. Knight. Yeah! And I only say the as if I know him because I've only known who <laughs> yeah. he is for like the last two weeks, ever since I knew this interview was lined up. But we got L.A. Knight. He was a part of the show. I didn't even realize it. We got a couple of guests coming at you. We have a guest tomorrow in Matt Carroll talking about Gerald Wallace Knight on Saturday. And, of course, we have all of the recap of the Carolina game position preview. It's a crazy Wednesday on Wesson Walker, it feels like. It is, man. But, I mean, that's how it goes around here. And the thing about us is we find a way to make it all come together. We make magic out of the madness. Now, now it's, I am not usually. Like, it's the first time I've walked in really post 1140. I walked in probably like 1145, and that's real late. And Fitty didn't say a word to me. Now, I do want to kick it back to Fiddy. Like, I feel like we do this a lot, but I'm just letting everybody know what it is like in our three kings circle, our three t- kings, not only just group chat, but just what it is like when we're in the fishbowl getting ready to do the show. And usually Fiddy will walk in. I'm already in the fishbowl and he'll like, I don't know, say something sideways or he'll say what's up or he won't say anything at all. But he'll always accuse me of saying, man, you OK? Yep. What's going on? Why didn't. Everything all right between us? You didn't say anything to me. And he didn't say a word to me. Like, seriously, not a word when I walked in. And so I didn't know if everything was okay or not. You answered for him, said, no, he's good. Like, even if North Carolina lost last night, he's been in pretty good spirits. I just want to know, Fiddy, if that's true, if there was something that I did. Are you still mad at me for calling you difficult on air a couple of days ago? What's going on? Well, I mean, that's that's one that we're still working through. Okay. But I thought we had established a show guideline. Okay. Um, that if you're ever going to be late, yep. which is in the meeting bef- after 11.15. No, for sure. We're real prompt with that. Um, <laughs> you know, breakfast should be delivered. And you walked in empty-handed like, I could already taste the Dunkin' Donuts. I could taste the chocolate milk because it's right above the station. There's no excuse for you to – I mean, you're already late. Just go ahead and get some donuts and some some milk and some coffee. Because and- I have an actual deadline to be here, though. I can't go <laughs> – this is, this is like what Mike Hill was talking about with the theoretical deadline, even though we have some wiggle room. No, the show goes on the air at 12, and it's not necessarily the greatest thing for me in the world to miss out on the start of the show, even, yes, if it meant you guys could eat some donuts and drink some chocolate milk. I'm a big fan when you got the you host- out here like you're a farmer rep. Exactly. Well, I'm just a big fan when the host missed the beginning of the show. I know you are. That's probably why. You know what? I don't know why I didn't put that together. (laughs) 
So if, is, you, if you're late and you're in the Dunkin' uh, Donuts drive-thru, yeah, that's true. Not going to be mad. We, we this is a man speaking right now. We have audio of him as Wes is walking in late to the show, saying, that "We do. damn it, <laughs> why you're supposed to be late." <laughs> and it was right as we were getting off the bus. Finney was just about all revved up to fire off I know, his. He tape. was just salivating, thinking about all the airtime he was about to get, and then here I came. Um, Kaniac Jack says <laughs> DoorDash exists. Walker, trust me, I know DoorDash exists. I probably don't need to know about its existence, but I don't know if. I can do all that right now. Maybe, maybe I can one day. Kaniac Jack might have opened the door, <laughs> dash, if you will, for that. But I don't know about right now. We got. Thank you for that. We got a war cry to do. I'm ready. I need to get. I need to get ready for the show. I'm all over the place. I'm a little scatterbrained right now. Sometimes that happens. But I need to just have this big release of energy by yelling and war crying. I want you to join me. If you're at the intersection, I want people to look at you sideways with an eyebrow raised saying, why in the hell is this crazy person yelling in their car at the stoplight? It's green. Go, baby, go. I want you to yell in your cubicle, and I want you to join us at the count of three. Here's your warning. Don't say I didn't warn you. One, two, three. Woo! It's Super Bowl weekend. Look at the Happy Mahomes are coming to bust your head. Fitty, open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Perhaps with not as much excitement, but with all the passion still, North Carolina, they fall to Clemson last night. The game, after a big victory against Duke, they fall 80-76. to 76. Man, all I wish I could be on a bull and play that Tiger roar. All the passion in the world might be going towards North Carolina Go just in yourself. a negative way. North Carolina came out real flat. It was very weird to see from a team that, that had just earned the benefit of the doubt at this point that they were going to bring the motor, the energy, every single time. Time, and they just didn't have it right from the get-go. What was the lead that they had, Fiddy? Was it 15-2? Yeah. 15-2. They started 5-5 five of five from the field. They were hitting as many three-pointers in the first five minutes as they did the entire game the last time these two teams met. I told you I was interested to see how R.J. Davis would perform because the last time they played, R.J. was held to 14 points. It's the lowest point total that he had in ACC play. Well, R.J. comes in and scores 22, but man, it took a while for him to get going. It was an inefficient 22 he did not hit many two-point field goals. And Wes, the Tar Heels, they fall. Now, before we get to some of our takes, let's hear Armando Baycott drop some surprising sound alongside Harrison Ingram. But here's the leader of this team, the man telling you the ACC has to run through me. Well, it's got to run through the team, too. And if that's the case, then everybody needs to show up. Baycott said they didn't. Just too casual uh, practice. We didn't come out how we wanted to. I mean, our practices, we're going full on, all out, and they just haven't been that good these last two days. And shoot around today, we had a bad shoot around. And even in warm up today, we didn't get out there on time. We didn't. We just our approach this whole coming up to this game. This wasn't where it needed to be. We got what we deserved. I hate doing the lazy analysis thing, saying they just didn't bring all of the effort. They looked lazy out there. But, Wes, they did look like they didn't have enough energy at the start of this game. They tried to turn it on. It felt like it was there. But the problem is, I think as also Armando said, you can't turn it off and on. They're not talented enough. And as the great Roy Williams said, Michael Jordan is the only man that could ever turn it off 
and he never freaking turned it off. <laughs> and Carolina did, and they got beat because of it. Like, it felt like they were going to come back, especially once they tied it at 70 a pop. And then, what was it, like one of five the rest of the way, a few turnovers. Surprised to see them lose the way they did. Maybe not because of the hangover effect. Like, I get that's real, but I didn't expect them to come out flat like that. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, Carolina, we know how well that they've been playing. And I know they want to say that, yeah, we weren't practicing well. And oh, no. We, we were on Franklin Street, and pretty girls told me how good I was, and I believed it. But as soon as you tied that damn basketball game, all those excuses went out the window. If you'd have gotten beaten badly from start to finish, okay, I give you that. Franklin Street, you know, feeling yourself, whatever the case. But once you tied that basketball game, all bets were off. And you just didn't have enough in the tank last night to beat the Tigers. Clemson was on a mission. You guys didn't get it done down the stretch. And so uh, the Elliott Cadeau problem could be starting to turn into a problem because in the Duke game we saw uh, some of the factors and issues that were there. He has another poor showing in 20 minutes of play, only five points uh, going on there. Cormac Ryan, who's been struggling this year. That's still there. Was that because of Franklin Street? Two points, one of ten from the field. He was the one shown partying as much as anybody, though. Exactly. But I did read that Armando talked about how Cormac was implying, or not even implying, just telling these guys with everything that he could that Clemson was the hungry team and that this game meant their season to them and that they had to be ready. And then you come out and go uh, one for ten. I know they were missing Seth Trimble. Apparently, you know, he's become the best two-way player in the ACC because I heard a lot of that going around as the one of the reasons they lost this game. I guess he's Kawhi Leonard now. I, I didn't know. Uh, excuse me for that. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, for Carolina, this is something to be learned from them. My confidence in them hasn't wavered that much. But still, after you tied the basketball game, I felt like things were even. Steven, you just weren't able to get it done. And Clemson was the hungrier team last night. They did have much, much more at stake. And they played like it from the beginning of the game until the end. No, I think you're right. I, I think at 70 apiece, the fact that they dug themselves in that hole, that does take a lot to come back from it, a, a lot that North Carolina just didn't have because of their own doing. There's zero absolving of what North Carolina put out there on the floor. Armando Baycott showed up. He had 25 points, 9 rebounds. They got him. Excuse me, that was P.J. Hall's stat line. Yeah, he had, he had 24, 24 points, 13 boards. 13, and so Armando did show up and only a couple of turnovers as well. RJ just missed a ton. Cormac Ryan uh, just continues to miss a bunch of shots. That's been a problem like for most of the year. Harrison Ingram, only six rebounds. I, I think Harrison played well defensively. Harrison was also one of the guys telling you it didn't feel like this team as a whole was ready. But yeah, man, that was an issue. We now, weren't ready to play basketball. Now, <laughs> now, Fiddy, let's bring you in here, man. You can go off if you want to. This is your time. But I did want to ask you if you believed in this theory I was working with. Honestly, maybe it was good for them to have this loss. At Georgia Tech, Myra Goodman got mad at me, all right? Let's bring it back. He says, Walker, it's not lazy analysis to talk about their lack of effort if it's true, which I acknowledged here. Like, I think that was true in this game against Clemson. I don't really agree with that with Georgia Tech. I just think they didn't execute nearly as well. And then even R.J. Davis, was it yesterday, who said this was the only game I didn't feel like we had it. This is the only game I felt like we came out as flat as we did. And so now, after this game, you go and party, and then they looked really lax coming in. Remember the pregame warm-up with them walking in? Like, they're confident they should be loose. They should be having fun. But maybe this is what they need to realize, all right, even when we have a big old win, 
We can't just clown around anymore. That's the kind of light at the end of the tunnel I'm looking at with this loss. But it's still not a good one. Fiddy, what do you have to say about that kind of theory and just how they played overall? Yeah, man, to be honest with you, I thought we were past this crap. Um, I thought yeah. we were past this <laughs> team just not showing up and giving a damn. I did too, though, to be honest. Like, um, I, I'm same boat with you. I did and, too. And so I think that's where the frustration for me lied in. Had we just gotten beaten and, like, we played hard and they just made more shots and grabbed more rebounds, I would live with the loss a lot better than than I did. But we weren't ready to play. There was no energy in the building. Bad job by the fan base showing up and actually wanting to cheer in this game. We got to realize that not every game's the Duke game, and I get that. But, by God, it's sure you got to bring the energy uh, yourself, the, the 21,000 that filled the building. But, um... You know, it was just lazy, lackadaisical, and uh, the stuff in the post game's concerning because you had two days to get rid of that. And, you know, I know we live in a day and time where kids don't want to get coached hard. My team would have lost because they would have been so exhausted because they would have ran the, they would have ran on Monday after practice got 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 altered. They would have ran during the shoot around because practice got altered. We will lose Saturday. Because we will be so tired because all they would do for the next three days is run suicides. <laughs> We're going to more games to show them. That's, <laughs> where, that's where I'm at when I hear that type of stuff. And I, I, I really thought with this group, we were past that. And I know Armando brought it. And I know RJ played as, you know, put him in a position to win. Tough, bad shot selection from him. Part of this core is there are going to be nights they just don't show up. Then they're going to show up flat. And that's that's a part of their legacy. This is, this and is last my, night was a reminder of that. This is my question, though. Is it fair to bank on that if they just show us that for one game? Because I don't want to act like this is just a North Carolina problem. There are plenty of college basketball teams out there that might just not have it, especially in the first half. And then it came down to late game execution. Like, you're right. Despite not coming out ready to play, they still had a shot to win this game and they couldn't hit shots and they didn't execute and they turned the ball over and it was a real problem at the end. And so, Wes, that was going to more what you were talking about early. That's absolutely true. But even if they win, right, like we still would have had this convo just at a much less angry tone, especially coming from Fiddy. You know, they came out flat. You can't really do that, but at least they found a way to get it done. And they came within four minutes of doing that, and they just didn't hit enough shots. But this is not just some indictment on only North Carolina. I don't think that this happens just one time, and now we can expect it to be a trend. Now I can just expect it to be, okay, well, they don't show up. Man, that might have been true last year, but are we going to go to the year prior when they actually made it to the championship? And they battled every single game. Armando had a double-double every single time out, and then they get to the championship, and they ran out of gas. Here's Puff Johnson throwing up on the floor, Armando playing on a creaky floor, and they lose because they relinquished one of the biggest leads that's ever been had in championship history and still didn't come out on top. I don't know if I view this as a lazy basketball team, and I don't expect that trend to happen. I will admit, though, I didn't expect it to happen against Clemson, and sure enough, it certainly did in the first half. Yeah, no doubt, man, and the thing was last night, man, it was it was a great night to watch college basketball. I mean, that Clemson-North Carolina game was great. 
the weight game, obviously, it was very lopsided. Ooh. I enjoyed that. Destroyed. Very much so. I told you guys, we'll show you how to take care of business in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Charlotte 49ers, even though they came up short, that was another thriller. Hated and, man, one. I mean, you look at college basketball in the Carolinas. is as good as, it been, as it's been. You saw that stat last night where they showed the longest win streaks in college basketball. High Point was in there. Charlotte was in there. Uh, and also Appalachian State was in there, too, man. And so you factor in the other teams, the big dogs, the Dukes, the Carolinas, and all that, man. It was a it was a fun night to watch college basketball. I think that was probably the most I'd watched in a sitting that I wasn't getting paid to cut highlights for in a while as far as me watching three games in one night. Tip really helps having Charlotte tip so late at 9 o'clock. I absolutely got on that after the North Carolina loss, checking in with Wake Forest, too, who just beat Georgia Tech down. Beat the brakes off! It was about to be a Miami-type score where they had eight really late in the first half, and then I think they got to 20 in the first, something like that. Yeah, brutal loss for Georgia Tech, or in the sense of just the margin of victory that Wake Forest was able to come back with. Big win for the Demon Deacons. We'll see if that sets them straight. Watching Charlotte last night, that was rough. Tough loss. It was it was tough. It, it was a thrilling game. Like I said, I, yeah. I felt like Charlotte had it the whole time, especially when they answered that run. The South South Florida had a couple of runs, but Charlotte kept answering them. And then they just you talk spit about, it up at the end, man. You talk about bad late-game execution. Yeah. It was real bad for what they did. I didn't feel like they fed Deshaun Jackson enough late. Lukai Patterson had when he a found bad out. flagrant. Well, and they didn't even hit the free throws, but he still goes yeah, out. That was a terrible foul. Terrible. Terrible foul. Frustration, and I think Charlotte. And real quick, uh, before we go, just want to ask uh, any midweek Super Bowl thoughts, or are we just... Uh, I mean, I know this week for me is dragging. It's dragging. Sunday cannot get here long. It's all I think about. I feel like Rocky, when he was driving in the car with no easy way out, was playing, and he just kept seeing the flashes of yep. Drago and Apollo dying. I just keep seeing Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and all those guys. I mean, Sunday at 6.30 just can't get here fast enough. Yeah, I don't know if I have any midweek thoughts that are different. I'm ready to see this game for sure. I'm kind of in college basketball mode right now, and then I feel like tomorrow I'm ready to roll. I mean, I'm in college basketball mode to an extent, man, but well, I mean, Super you've, you've Bowl got, week, baby. You've got some skin in the game. But I'd be like that even if it wasn't. Super Bowl is my favorite sporting Fair. event every year. Fair. All right. No, I hear you on that. I'm just, uh, tomorrow, I feel like I'm really going to have, like, I'm, I'm still ready to go. It's going to be a fun matchup. Anytime Pat Mahomes plays in a championship like that, and then San Francisco going there the third time in, what, I guess, over a decade. Yeah, it's going to be an impressive matchup. All right, we can move on. Let's do the position preview thing on the other side of the break. We did quarterbacks yesterday. Let's talk about the running back position. How did it go so wrong with Miles Sanders? Backs. We'll get to that in a moment. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Justin Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us in the midday. Stick around. We got L.A. Knight hopping on the mic at 145. Yes. We have Nick Smith Jr. joining yeah. us at <laughs> some other point. I don't know exactly when we're going to play that interview, but I had a chance to get uh, a conversation in with him at the Spectrum Center, and it was good. I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed talking with him. Like, uh, sometimes rookies are tough. In fact, they're probably the worst interviews you could ask for. Yeah, they're very careful. They don't want to say the wrong thing, something to get them in trouble with the coach yeah. or the teammates. So, yeah, I get it. And Brandon was Brandon was good. Like, I, I enjoyed talking with Brandon. I think Nick Smith Jr. lets you in a little bit more so. But there have been some bad ones. And it's not just because, like, they're terrible or they're not smart or anything like that. It's just... These rookies, it's a different lifestyle for them. I remember some of the worst ones that I've ever had. Dwayne Bacon was not great and then got so much better. Devontae Graham was one. I remember talking with him. And Devontae's great at talking now. But, like, rookie year, I think it's just the shine. Even playing at Kansas, it's just, it's different once you get to the NBA. And so, you know, Nick Smith Jr., it was a lot of fun to talk to him. We'll play that interview a little bit later on in the show. We can go to the text line, 704-570-9610. says, that Charlotte loss was gross. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. 704 said, y'all talk about Clemson like UNC just lost to Louisville. No, Clemson is fighting to be an NCAA tournament team. I'm not, I don't even think that's true. I don't think we're talking yeah, about them. Who said that? Yeah, I, Clemson's That's how a, you choose to take it, sir or ma'am. <laughs> Clemson's a top 70 team. They're going to be an NCAA tournament team as long as they close out strong. I guess I, I, shouldn't, so. I shouldn't say that as confidently, but yeah, it was just a loss. North Carolina, they're the better team. They're third in the country off of it. Yeah, they shouldn't lose that game. That's just at, especially at home days rest at least. Yeah, that they shouldn't lose that one. QC Sam says Carolina fans need to do better. That fan base has declined over the years and it's unfortunate front runners that only get up for the Duke game. How much truth mm. is there in that fitty? Oh, there's, yeah. I mean, we always know that environment's that environment because it's the Duke game. But there's no excuse to not fill up and and cheer your tail off for the number three team in the country and Mm -hmm. one that needed a win last night to really keep that two-game separation between Virginia because, newsflash, guys, we don't win there anymore. And so when we go there in two and a half weeks – if it's for first place, like if Caroline doesn't win the ACC regular season, you look back to last night yeah. and say that's where he lost it. That's what's frustrating. I love that we got a news flash from Fiddy. When's the last time you said news flash? Man, is that one of the that that's one of those words? That's one of those trigger phrases too. You remember when we talked about that before, like buddy and pal? And I'm stuff? totally with when somebody you. Somebody says says news flash. You know, <laughs> nothing good is coming after that. And I learned this morning, hot shots a trigger word for Wes. He was not a, he was not a fan of that word. Did you called him hot shot. I did. Okay. No, I, I I liked it. I thought it was funny. I just used that as an excuse to get an easy tiger in. Okay. Easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Tiger is way worse. Yeah, yeah. I just excuse, you know, I wanted to use something with Tiger in it, and that was the best I could come up with. Easy Tiger is often followed by something that you just gaslit. Like, you just gaslit yeah, somebody yeah. like, Easy Tiger. We don't Watching the like, game last night, though, tiger. man, it did make me wish I had a Tiger for a pet. I just love Tigers, man. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but those things. I know that was random. Look, I, I saw one time, maybe one of the best top five tweets I've ever seen. A lion is only king of the jungle because they have the best PR team in the world. Mm, that's 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 up for debate too because 
I mean, tigers, I think, are physically bigger. D- um, dude, I'm taking a tiger any day. By average. I am. I just love them, man. Now, I love so, tigers. That, that could be another drop. I don't know, but I just do. No, tigers are sweet. No, you're totally right. Like, when we went to the zoo one time and I was older, my brother, who was like around 35 at the time, whatever, though, we went for my sister. Finny's shaking his head, acting like we don't have kids that do kid <laughs> things. Anyways, we went for my little sister, and I enjoy the zoo, to be honest with you, too. Me, too. We, we went to the zoo, and there was just a tiger walking back and forth. And, like, as a kid, you see tigers a lot, like, you know, in the drawings or whatever. Like, it's just not a crazy exotic animal, mm-hmm. if you will, as a kid. Like, you want to see the crazy reptile or the wild stuff, whatever. But my brother was like, man, I'm telling you, when you grow older, there's just something about a tiger that grows more and more majestic that you appreciate. They are. That's the perfect word to describe. <laughs> and I feel like, and I've seen it done, man. If I, I feel like if I raise one... From a cub, I think that it would not uh, kill me like the people on Fatal Attraction. Uh, that, but th- you know what's funny? <laughs> the exact way that you end up on Fatal Attraction, that's how you start it. Yep. it those people said the exact Just same thing. Just going that one morning, hey, buddy, rawr, done. Yeah. No more Wesson Walker. You looked at him the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, what what happened to Wesson Walker? That was a great show. I'm oh, yeah. Out, I raised you. Wes got killed by a tiger that he raised yeah. since it was a I cub. I raised you better than this. I'm going to buy you a tiger, Wes. All right, man. Let's do it. I don't know if that's dark because we just talked about him dying or if you're giving him what he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. It's a little weird. I'm a little Hold him, tiger. That. Uh, yeah, Hurricane Hugo saying, oh, Wes Irvin over here with the Tigers. Or Irwin, I should say. Yeah, yeah man. I was, I was definitely the Steve Irwin of my group. I'm definitely the nerd. 207 number. I did go to Tiger World out there in Rockwell. I've been there. We've talked about that before. I gave Tiger World a bad rap, but then people wanted to check me on that. I will tell you the last thing, animal-wise, like that I got called Steve Irwin one time because we were at the beach, probably had one, two, or many more yinglings in my system, and I decided it was a good idea to dive for a bonnethead shark that was swimming with its fin up close to shore. That's something that happened. Such I'm, a dumbass I am. It was bad. No, Jeff is yeah, right to call me that. I just, yeah. you know, that's some white people stuff that nobody else needs to be really doing, including white people. And I raise my hand high for that. <laughs> I'm the problem. Yeah, yeah. I recognize that. And so self-awareness is key. And I realize that was a stupid thing to do. And we've learned only a little bit and we try to grow from it. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I guess we can transition into some running back position preview. And there's a lot to discuss here because it went horribly wrong with the guy that got paid more money than anybody at the running back position. This free agency period, Wes, Miles Sanders was terrible this season. Chuba Hubbard, after they decided to fully commit to Chuba, their run game got a lot better. I mean, even in the passing game, Miles Sanders wasn't providing much at all, Wes. If you look at what his stats were this season, they were 129 carries. That was 43rd in the league. 432 yards rushing. 48th in the league. One touchdown, 86th. And he had a 3.3 yards per carry average. You look at the last five games that he played, 10 carries total, 74 yards total, but that's because he had a couple of nice rushing games on the two and three carries that he got against Jacksonville and Tampa. Terrible, terrible year. How did it go so wrong, Wes? Did we just, did people misevaluate what he could provide? Because Chuba played better. Well, the thing is, you know, obviously the offense that he came from had a little bit uh, or a decent amount of bearing on the success that he had because you're playing a light box. You got a quarterback that you also have to account for and Jalen Hurts. 
that, you know, when he hands you the ball, you're more than likely going to get to the second level before you can blank an eye because you're playing behind the best offensive line. Miles Sanders is a very talented runner, but when you come to a team that is uh, devoid of great offensive line talent, which we saw this year, some of those flaws in your game are going to show up. And so, you know, digging into those analytics a little bit more, when you look uh, at his missed tackles force uh, per rush, he only had 17 of those on the season. That's not good enough. And then his elusive rating from PFF was a 42.5. And to give you guys some context, well, you go look, and I'm not doing it because it's my team, just because Christian McCaffrey is one of the top-rated running backs. He has a 73. And then you can even look at a Debo Samuels that's got a 160.7. So that's off the charts. But I'm just saying those numbers to show you that Miles Sanders just wasn't uh, elusive enough. He wasn't enough of a game breaker. And that's what Carolina needs uh, in that backfield. That's another piece of this puzzle, and it helps when you can get chunk plays in a running game. Chuba Hubbard was definitely uh, very serviceable. He was a guy that um, definitely came through and provided a necessary uh, presence in the backfield, but his elusive rating was 50, and he had 41 uh, missed tackles forced per rush. So that's all to say that the Panthers need uh, a game breaker in that backfield. That's that's how you take an offense to the next level. A lot of people like to downplay the importance of running backs, but if you've got a really good one, that makes your offense all the more dynamic. It dictates that much more to the defense. And so with Miles Sanders, I think the flaws that showed up, he just didn't have enough wiggle to get some of those runs that when he was fortunate enough to get to the second level, he couldn't do much more with them than that. He was more than likely going to go down after a four to five yard carry when defenders were in his area. People who weren't in on Miles Sanders getting that much money criticized his vision and his lack of usage in the passing game and both showed up in a big way as far as I'm concerned. You're right. The offensive line, much worse, despite what Miles tried to tell you this offseason. We remember that quote when he said Carolina Panthers offensive line was at least as close to as good as what Philadelphia had up there. And we all were like, okay, this is a little too much. That's not true. And then it turned out to be even you know further away from the truth than we thought. Miles Sanders wasn't good. You go back to last year with Philadelphia. He had 1,269 yards on 259 carries, 11 touchdowns. Big boy numbers, man. Very good season. You go back to the year prior, though, in 12 games played each of the past two seasons before 2022, 137 carries, 754, 164 carries, 867. Good average, but they didn't use them a lot. And Wes, I wonder if we just got a good old outlier year for Miles Sanders and the Panthers decided to bid on that because the offensive line has been good for Philadelphia. What? I mean, how long now? It's always been a strong suit. They've had Johnson, Lane Johnson there forever. Jason Kelsey's been there forever. It it feels weird like they're cheating the system, getting good left tackles in. Okay, we'll just get, what is it, Mylotta after Jason Peters. They just always have a good offensive line like the last 10 years. And so here's Miles averaging a good yards per carry, but even still they're not using him as much. And yeah, some of that goes to Jalen Hurts, but even still with Jalen Hurts, that was his best year at 1269. So now as we move on, okay, here comes in Chuba, and Chuba just flat out is a better runner on first and second down. I'd like to have a third down back. I think you're right about that. We're on the same page. Because you you can accuse me, the joke goes, Walker doesn't appreciate running backs. I get that. Not true. I just think you can get those guys later and cheaper. But I agree with you on the dynamism that they can bring if you got a good one back there. 
like I just don't want to spend a ton of money and go so early in the draft. But if you decide to pick one early in the draft, more often than not, those guys hit and they're special. Yeah, and so too, you know, if you go back to last year, Miles in Philadelphia and his elusive rating was still a 52.7. So this is a guy that not saying I I should be a, a, a scout or a GM with the Panthers, but I feel like that maybe when you look at the type of offense that you wanted to have, maybe that's something that you need to look at because when you watch him play, even to a fan that doesn't know some of these analytics and stuff, you watch him play, there's not a lot of wiggle in his game. Well, no, this He's not going to shake guys out of his shoes like a Shady McCoy did back in the day in Philly and stuff like that. It's it's a, well and Shady. That was one of the more fun running backs yeah, to watch in the league. He was in the open field. nasty. Yeah. Shady was that. Plus the nickname, gross. But with Miles Sanders, it was not entirely unforeseen. Even if we got fooled to different levels on all the other signings, everybody they hired in the coaching staff, it didn't feel like many people were fooled on Miles West. When they gave him that money, everybody was like, wait. No bidding war. Deontay Foreman just went for under a mil? Can't we just bring back Deontay? That was true of a lot of Panthers fans. You could choose to look at the optimistic view of Miles, and I think we tried to focus on that as much, but we were calling, uh, not we were not calling the game. That would be against FCC regulations. But <laughs> we were watching the NCAA tournament, Virginia Furman, when this news, I believe, came in, or at least that was the leading topic that day, watching the NCAA tournament during free agency, the Panthers signed Miles Sanders. And you and I both were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, it's not bad. I didn't think it was bad. It certainly, I didn't expect it to go this poorly, but also nobody was really thrilled with it. And so we can maybe come back to this, but getting rid of Deontay Foreman, Deontay Foreman was good for Chicago. Still first and second down type of guy, but really like what Deontay Foreman brought this team. He was a big part as to how the Panthers identity changed under Steve Wilkes after they traded Christian McCaffrey. And then you go to Chuba Hubbard, I don't think is as good as Deontay Foreman, but still like good. I'm I'm cool with him running on first and second down and better than average. Like he he gave us some good spots. I just want somebody that you fear on third down. Yeah, and and see, I'm I'll go a step further. Third down is cool, but the Panthers need a franchise back. Like, okay. If you really want to be that guy, especially when you look at how some of these teams around the NFC South, because you have to start there, are building their teams. We don't know if Alvin Kamara will stay in New Orleans, but we know what he's meant to that team and that offense and what he's done. You see B. John and Algier. Uh, Atlanta has two of them, in my opinion, but they have one really special one. And we saw that even not getting the football like that, this guy had 1,200-plus, 1,300-plus total yards, not even getting force-fed the football. And then you go look at Tampa. Rashad White is starting to emerge as one of the better backs you'll see, too. But I think a third down back would be nice. I think Chuba's very serviceable. But at the end of the day, in my heart of hearts, I think Chuba's a, a second back that comes in, gives you that change of pace. But they need to find a guy back there, man, especially with Bryce Young trying to continue his development. I don't know that you find that this offseason in free agency or the draft. Maybe you luck up, pick a back late or something like that. But I think that's a luxury at this point with everything Carolina needs to pick a back in the draft. But yeah. I think eventually inside of these next couple of seasons, they need to find a dude back there in the back. I agree with you because you're not going to get Bajan Robinson. He was drafted top 10. You're not going to get him. You don't have a top 10 pick. But can you get Kyron Williams? Right. Is, is he out there? And that's that's the old age and the old uh, the old. Like maybe you pick debate. a guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but in that mode of a college back that was really good, came into the pros that was a mid to late round pick and emerged over time. 
like mm-hmm. a Blake Horn from Michigan, maybe a guy like that. Uh, who knows? But I think the Panthers need to find that bell cow that can help take the load off of Bryce when need be. All right, let's go and talk. You had something else about the running back position? Fitting? I was going to say, Saquon's supposed to be available this offseason. Do you even entertain that idea? See, I and this is where I get accused of the whole running back thing. Because yeah, Walker ain't giving him a dollar. I don't. You're, you're saying you don't go after him? No. No, I don't either. I hey. think... Oh, go ahead. Well, no, he's he's great. I, I actually like Saquon a lot as a player. I just, man, look, this offensive line is not good, and Saquon was only so effective behind that offensive line. It wasn't his fault. He's good, but it is a luxury, as you mentioned. Like, I'm just not spending all that money. God, we got so much stuff to fix, man. Yeah, I I think, though, Panthers Evan says Austin Eckler would be a great fit, and I mentioned yesterday that they're being linked to him. He's an upgrade in the backfield. I'm not the biggest Austin Eckler fan. Yeah, I think he gets hurt all the time. He's one of my favorite running backs of the last five, yeah, six years. But he's old, right. And yeah. he's and I but I also you're an ageist. I am. If you have Chuba, <laughs> if you have Chuba and Eckler though, I'll ride with that. Yeah, that that that's a good backfield. I'm just thinking if if you had a chance to sign a Saquon, it just depends what that number looks like. You gotta get the requisite line for him because he could be a guy that goes to another team like Christian McCaffrey has start to stay healthy, but we know the Carolina, they like to run the hell out of running back, man. Yep. So they probably bring Saquon here and run him into the ground. So. And he goes down, and then you spent double-digit millions on him yeah. when you could have used that towards even a second receiver? No. On top of paying probably Miles command, money? Yeah, he'll probably command about 15, somewhere in there. And he's going to try. He can, and he can learn the hard I think way. He, he's no, not I think he gets million. that. I think he gets that. Well, even sure. this year, well, it was surprising he got 10. We'll, we'll see, but yeah, I... I the, the running back position will be fascinating to see what they rolled there because it's not a need, a bad need, but we certainly want to see it upgraded a little bit, especially in the passing game, third downs, and maybe even you just want that guy for the future. Which Canales co-sign makes you most excited about Dave Canales' future here in Carolina? We'll get to that coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Weston Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's go back to the text line, maybe read some of these opinions on what the Panthers could do in the backfield at the running back position. 704 said Josh Jacobs, exclamation point. 704 likes the idea you had, Wes, of possibly a Blake Corum. Andy says Austin Eckler lost a big step. Big in capital letters. Yeah, Austin also addressed that because he is one that is very in the podcast space. And it's really cool to see the fan engagement he has. But he was saying that he was just injured. He was trying to come back after he got hawked down real badly. I don't know, man. I mean, I've I've always drafted Austin Eckler like fantasy football. He's always been one of my favorite players. And it looked like he lost a step this year, at least to me. 
even if he was trying to fight that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've never been a huge fan of his anyway because he's another guy that when I watch him, I don't feel like that he's necessarily anything super special in the run game, but I, I do think he would be an upgrade over what Carolina has uh, right now. Um, we do have 336 talking about Dave Canales. He says Dave Canales could do a lot of good by hiring one of these Panthers vets to coach a position, maybe like Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Greg Olson, maybe Moose, and uh, we'll see if that's even on the table. I don't know yeah, if those but can... do they want to do it. Yeah, and I, exactly. I mean, Greg Olson, apparently, I when we talked to him, sounded like Greg was very open to the idea of coaching in this league, but he also did say afterwards that he'd rather call games. If he could be doing this for the next 20 years, he'd rather do this. And he did specifically compare it to coaching. And I think he wants to be a head coach. I don't know that he wants to step in and be a position guy. He talked about, okay, just because I was in the league as a player for 14 years, would it really look all that much better if I was an offensive quality control guy and then move up to passing game coordinator and then end up being a head coach? I was in the league for 14 years. I played for a couple of different teams. I played for multiple coaching uh, staffs. I actually learned a lot doing this TV thing, which we've seen. Teams will pluck you from a broadcast if they feel like you can make that transition. And some have been successful. Hello, John Lynch and the San Francisco 49ers. After being a player, by the way. Different level, not a head coach, but still, we've seen that happen. So maybe that could be the case for some of these guys that are former Carolina Panthers. Dave Canales. Got a lot of cosigns here, Wes. If people like Dave. If they've played for him, Greg Olson being one of them, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, lots of people enjoyed playing for Dave Canales, whether it be in Seattle or whether it be in Tampa Bay. Wes, which Canales cosign makes you the most excited about what he could do with the players here in Carolina? Well, I liked a lot about uh, what DK Metcalf had to say, uh, formerly you know, playing with him in Seattle, and he talked about the work that he did with Rush Geno Smith and even uh, Drew Locke as well. And so they said that his work obviously well documented and they said that it was just about instilling the confidence in those guys to be able to play at the level that they could play at. And, you know, he said his attention to the detail, love of the game really just showed and how Russ loved them and Geno loved them. And then Metcalf went on to say that he even helped Drew Locke a little bit as well. Uh, and then he said, too, I, I think the confidence is really what sells it. Once you have your quarterback playing confident, it just feeds through the whole offense. And so uh, he said receivers catch better footballs and they run better routes. And so he said everything, in my opinion, just works together. And I think that that's a telling comment from him because we know sports in general, man, is all about confidence. The more confident you are, the better that you can play. And we have a quarterback here that I don't think his confidence has wavered, but I definitely think it could use a boost, especially yeah. coming into this season. And I think to hear about a coach that can instill that type of feeling in his quarterback that's going to permeate throughout the offense, because what have we heard? It's Super Bowl week. What's one of the more famous stories that they always love to tell about the last drive with Joe Montana against the Cincinnati Bengals? And he comes into the huddle, the last drive of the game, and says, look, there's John Candy. And for those guys to, for him to come in at that moment to have the type of confidence where he's not even, for Montana, it was a formality that they were going to go down and score. And he says, look, there's John Candy. That whole offense, they said, those guys, when you hear that story, they talk about, man, we just felt like we were about to go straight down the field and get this thing done. And that's what they did. And so if you have a Bryce Young coming into next season, 
hopefully with some upgraded pieces around him. And you got Bryson there just ready to show everybody what he can do. And he's he's taking everything that happened this year. And, man, I, I, CJ, you my boy, but I saw what you did. I got to come get that. I need that. I need that type of look. And I'm about to come and get it. Man, that's going to have the whole offense on a whole nother level. It's going to make everybody all the more confident. But you love all of the cosines that you see because guys don't have to go out of their way to say these things. We know the documented story about Vic Fangio and how the Dolphins players didn't care for him. Yeah. Now, we know that Fangio didn't care for them because they wanted to live that Miami lifestyle. But still, if players don't care for a coach, they're not going to comment. We've seen Tristan worse, Geno. DK Metcalf, we've seen a lot of prominent current players really showing him a lot of love and saying how excited and happy they are for him to get this opportunity. I think that means a lot. I think it does too. Huge deal. I, yeah, I want my, I want the former players to be telling us, yeah, man, you guys got you a great coach, somebody that I miss. Yeah, and it's not just basic stuff. No. It's, they're going all out. No, I'm with you. And Rashad, uh, Rashad White running back for Tampa Bay, when Dave Canales was announced as the next head coach of Carolina, he put out the sad emojis. And then he said, hey, we'll bounce back. But the initial reaction was, no, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> Losing Dave Canales. The, the quarterback speaking as glowingly as they do about Dave Canales is clearly the one you point to. Yeah, Bryce's got to be excited when he reads some of this stuff. Man. It's a big deal. Panther Bow says, John Candy, great name, great actor. Joe Montana, the the underrated part about all of that is you can't point out just any celebrity in the stands because then maybe some people get starstruck. Like at that time, I know John Candy was a big deal, but it's not like you're pointing to some celebrity that maybe some of the players have a crush on or yeah. or or any like big time. Oh, that's somebody that I grew up watching a ton. I love that guy in this action movie. John Candy, the perfect celebrity to point out in that moment yeah. because you laugh. You get settled down, and then you roll on. You can't point out anybody else like that and say, oh, look, there she is. Like oh, okay, let me ball out. Back then, yeah, yeah, like, yeah look, let me ball out real quick. And then you start <laughs> dribbling through your legs a little bit too much, and then you say, hey, watch this, and then you try to juke somebody out out yeah. of their cleats. I mean, you point you out the down. right female celebrity, though. That might get the performances. But that's that might get it upped a little bit more. That's called doing too much, though. I'm, I'm afraid you're going to start it? doing too much. I know, you know, when I was a kid, you know, and the girls were out on the playground, it's all, about you. All, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the team. Now you got to start. I love the video, the Vine that came out back when Vine was a thing. R.I.P. When it was when your girl comes to watch you play. And yeah. it's just that dude dribbling between his legs. Every, it doesn't move yeah. one. Everybody looking at you like, oh, his girl out here. <laughs> yeah. That's why I hooping he like passing. that. Yeah. He's not doing anything. That's why I think John Candy was the perfect celebrity <laughs> to point out at that's that That's a moment. great point by you. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, Joyd Walker and producer Fitty at the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party at Graham Street Pub and Patio in Uptown Charlotte. It's this Friday, February 9th. At 7 p.m., you can hang out with Michelob Ultra and Walker and Fitty. Watch the Hornets face the Milwaukee Bucks. Walker and Fitty will have, we'll have giveaways, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Horn, uh, Hornets home game. We gave out three last time. We got a couple of Hornets tickets that we can give out to you in the future, but you're going to have to show up and see some of those opportunities. Thank you to our friends at Michelob Ultra. You're laughing at me, Fitty. Was it a Mitch Kupchak moment, or was it something else that you're laughing at? I love third-person Walker. Because you feel like I should be saying me. Fiddy and I. But, I guess I could do but that. But you're reading the read that's printed out there in front of you, so you're following instructions. But I think we should do a show where we refer to ourselves in third person for three hours. That would be that would be funny. The thing is, it's quoted here. 
<laughs> so I felt like with the quotation marks, I needed to read it as it's read as it's written. And so you're right though. Probably a little awkward. <laughs> Whoever these Walker and Fitty guys are, they sound like a blast. Go hang out with Michelob Ultra and Walker and Fitty. Egomaniacs. All right. Now you turned it on me. Let's move on. we got a couple <laughs> more hours to go. It's the Campus Corner coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.